to think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. I mean, and what a pompous jerk for implying that Florida State played the way they did because they simply just didn't execute. Come on, dude. You know, in all actuality, you you had a very good chance of losing that game, and you maybe should have lost that game. Um, I, I just can't stand him, man. Red-faced, short, Napoleon complex, <laughs> waffle. And I mean, joke or not, you know, we just watched yeah. a, a great football game, and that's the first yep. thing you say to the media, you know, after your team just won in overtime on the road. Yeah, That's and, the first and, words out of your mouth. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub. And how so we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I can wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this wonderful, fabulous Wednesday evening. Man, I'm getting used to these Wednesdays. We get to get on here earlier. We're here on Monday. There's no breaks this season, people. No breaks. The content is going to stay flooding all over your timelines, your websites, your discords, YouTube channels everywhere. But thank you for hanging out with us this evening with me. On this show is Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor, still with us at No Game Day. Just got to put that out there. Austin Vizi, uh, our lead basketball writer, and Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider. Gentlemen, we've made it through week one of college football in Florida State. How are we feeling? Good to have you guys back. I got my energy back. The sore throat's gone. I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I'm feeling extra special today. You know, It's, it's going to be a good week. I'm, I'm feeling it. X extra special. I'm gonna just leave that there. Um, you know, I need I need to find out some way to il- illustrate my my happiness uh, uh, of how this week went is gonna go, and, and just coming off the the experience in Tallahassee, you know that was um, you know that maybe that might be the best game I've been to in Tallahassee. I can't lie. Um, you know the the 2013 FSU Miami game was number one. I think that we can, you know, despite the loss, and I don't want to take a, a moral victory, but that was just a fun game. Um, wish they could have, excuse me, I wish they could have won. Doke would have been absolutely <laughs> bananas if they would have won. Um, but, you know, uh, great atmosphere, and, you know, it, it was just a, it, it was a good time to uh, be in tally. I was wiped out. Um, you know, I don't have all of my energy back. COVID yet so you know it was uh I, I was struggling on, on on Monday morning I ain't gonna lie you know 
very sore and, and tired, but my throat was killing me from yelling, but it, it, it was worth it. it. It was a great game. I know we already talked about it on Monday, but it, it was it was great to be back at Tallahassee. You know, that was my first time in Doak since we lost to Florida in 2018 by 35 or whatever it was. It was just such a different atmosphere. It, it really felt <laughs> like the Florida State of old, just in terms of atmosphere. Um, I'm so happy the students stayed for the whole game, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Logan, if they would have won, I would have met you at uh, Madison or somewhere. And, you know, we That's what I shots. told him. If we would have won, we would have been at Township till 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We'd get some shots and, and Austin be pounding the milk. It'd be great. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. No, we were talking was, about the statue I'm, before the game. I told Logan, I was like, uh, if they win, we're going to walk across the street to Township. And just man, get blasted. They, they came and, close. And, and see, I still wasn't devastated by the loss. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, that was no. awful. We're heading in the wrong direction. Florida State's heading in the right direction. But I am so glad for my health. I would have I would have not turned it down. I've been like, gentlemen, I'll see you in College Town in 15 yeah. minutes. Let's get it started. Let's make sure all the content is out, whatever. And let's put our phones away and have a good time. Yeah, but my, my health uh, right now, I'm still recovering. But I feel a lot mm -hmm. more better than I did on Monday. I sounded terrible yeah. on here. Yeah, my friend uh, Nick that was with me, that two y'all met, he was like so – what happens if they win? Are, are we going to go back across the street? I'm like, yeah, we're, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Monday would have been a long day because, you know, we would have been out in township for forever. And then I was up at 7.30 and headed back to Charlotte. That would have been yep. a that would have been a, a rough day. <laughs> it would have been so bad. It would have been so bad. But yeah, tonight on the docket, everybody watching, uh, we'll be going over the last couple thoughts of Florida State versus Notre Dame. Uh, we'll go through the recruiting latest because we didn't really get to talk about the recruiting stuff. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about with some of the scoop and, you know, get some feeling about how some of the recruits felt during the game. And afterwards, we got college football week one to recap. Also look ahead to week two. NFL Knowles start this weekend. Actually, I know football for the NFL starts tomorrow night. Um, so we'll be going over that. We've also got a little bit of Florida State versus Jacksonville State to cover. Nothing too crazy here. We don't need to go into extensive, but we'll have a score prediction. We'll predict who's starting a quarterback and what do we personally want to see on the field this upcoming week. And as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on iTunes, feel free to rate five stars and leave a review. If you're on social, hit the like button. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Um, and yeah, I think that's practically it, gentlemen. Let's jump in. Let's jump into the rest of the episode here. So let's start off. Final thoughts on Florida State versus Notre Dame. So obviously Florida State loses to the field of gold there. And, you know, overall to me, I think this, it feels nice. The people that, you know, I was at work today and get to hear their thoughts. And, you know, a lot of people so far feel pretty optimistic about this team moving forward. I think a lot of Florida State fans after leaving the stadium were kind of, you know, disappointed after just missing that field goal. But looking forward, though. There's a lot of optimism in Tallahassee right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, there should be. We we talked about before. We watch this team, you know, go down 18 points to Notre Dame, and normally they would have laid down. But it was a different Florida State team on Sunday night. They came back. They fought their asses off. They came up clutch multiple times in the fourth quarter, whether it was on offense to tie the game or on defense, you know, to keep Notre Dame out of the end zone that entire final period. And I mean, they showed so much resiliency and, and toughness and things that we just haven't seen, you know, over the last couple of seasons from Florida state football. So, you know, despite the loss, you've got to feel optimistic about this team moving forward. And it's important. They bounce back <clears throat> in a big way this week against Jacksonville state. 
Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with what you just said. Um, you know, as I said on the 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 post game pod that I'm doing through Mark Rogers, you know, it really is going to tell you. You know, I think more next week with Wake Forest and what we talked about it on the instant reaction pod, but you know, you you got to see um, them come out and, and put away a very much inferior opponent on, on on Saturday very quickly. You know, talking like coming out the half, the starters are done with the game. So, you know, this is a team that they should go out and just dominate. And I thought that even before the Notre Dame game, you know, it's a very weak team in, in Jacksonville State. And I think that Florida State is just a, a better team than last year. But, you know, it, it's great to see a lot of the, the pundits, so to speak, are, you know, looking at Florida State and seeing some positives and seeing that the direction is moving forward. And I think there's a lot of excitement. And I hope that next week, you know, the crowd's not going to be like Notre Dame because it was just the opponent. But I hope to see uh, another packed out in, you know, good atmosphere for the, for these players because they seem to feed off of it. And I just listening to them in their, you know, weekly interviews or, or post game, you know, they really enjoyed the fact that the fans were so dialed in on the game. So, you know, just moving forward, I'd like to see that moving on for the rest of the season. Yeah, looking back at Notre Dame, it's it sucks with the three turnovers. You know, if you, if you go in that game or leave that game with two, only two, I think you win that game. Um, hope I hope we see Milton as a starter going forward. I know there's been some reports for practice where he's taking more reps with first trainers. I, I hope that go, I hope that's the case going forward because I think he's just gonna be a little bit more careful with the ball, knows where he's gonna go, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I want to give one more prop to the the rush defense. I know we talked about 65 total yards allowed rushing. I don't think we mentioned it was only 1.9 yards per attempt, which against those two backs that Notre Dame has is incredible. They just they seem to live in the backfield, especially Jermaine Johnson, Kier Thomas. Just just such a great job from the defensive line, and we needed to see that after last season's disappointment from the defensive line. It's it's good to see defensive line with some fight and some energy. Hat tip to the defensive line. They were crushing it. They kept the running game, like you said, down, diminished all that. And Jermaine Johnson lived up to the name. I mean, it's going to be fun watching him for the rest of the season. I think Notre Dame kind of had a game plan for him in the second half and adjusted for him. And maybe he was a little worn out a tad because, I mean, he was all over the place in the first half. But he also had Keir Thomas, who was making plays too. Krishan Fuller comes in. And he makes a few plays too back to back. I mean, you know, we were here. I was really excited to see Krishan Fuller play, and he's going to be a great addition just to throw in there whenever Jermaine Johnson or someone needs time on. That seemed to be the mm-hmm. case where you had some guys in the back, and you no, know, you have <clears throat> McLendon too. But it seems like that defensive line, you know, is building that that nastiness that you used to seeing at Florida State, and they crunched down and wasn't allowing that run game to even happen. It wasn't even possible. Now, even the linebackers were. Hitting the right fits, you know? you know. You know, last year that was a huge problem. But even the linebackers played sound. Um, you know, really liked what I saw from the corners coming up. You know, all the defensive backs aren't afraid to put their nose in and 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 get and get aggressive. So, you know, rush defense is is definitely a team effort. But that defensive line, the two deep just did a, a phenomenal job. So, yeah, but, I mean, the lot, lot thing to like is- forward. Yeah, and I thought the biggest thing was Florida State. They didn't really give up any big plays in the rushing game, you know, the whole game. And last year, I mean, the story of it was just Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree running all over the Seminole defense. Both of them had over 100 yards and, you know, at least a touchdown um, apiece. 
and you saw on Sunday night, I, I think the longest rush by either of them was like 14 yards or so. 12. So, yeah, Florida – yeah, I mean, even better. So, Florida State, not only did they allow basically no production on the ground, they also didn't go, give up any big plays. Yeah, no, the <clears> – <throat> and I looked at Travis Jay, and I know there were some comments on the piece, and if you wanted to comment on it, Nate, just to kind of mm-hmm. give an actual rundown on it. But, you know, for Travis Jay, I think he put himself in the right positions for the most part. Those things can be fixed. I, I, he's mm-hmm. one of the top players that I'm looking going into week two and the rest of the season. I'm not worried about that as a free kind of talent guy, and that can be fixed. But, you know, that was just a tough game for him, and that's just how it was. Yep. As a recapping of a game, that was just a tough <clears throat> game for So, uh, So the purpose of the article is to talk about, like, you know, th- this isn't a season-long stock-up, stock-down. This is coming out of the game. You know, who needs to, you know, revisit some things moving forward? So – the reason why I put him as number one for South Down was um, you heard a lot of great things in camp. And, and you know, it's, it's not to say that he had an awful game. Like I said in the article, you know, he's super aggressive in the run game. He was there in the short stuff. He made a nice play um, on a deep pass where he broke it up. Um, and he's, he's got to work on his fundamentals. I think he relies too much on natural ability, which is going to happen for a young player especially, you know, sliding back to a new position. I'm not worried one iota about Travis J. Um, I've said numerous times on numerous podcasts how I think he's one of the best players on the team, um, regardless of any position, and, and I fully expect him to have a great season. After game one, I thought that he could have played better, so therefore um, he was a little disappointing in, in what I think people expected coming in. I don't think anyone expected him to give up two long passes and they also they, they clearly were targeting him deep so Notre Dame thought that they could take advantage of that um, so I, I, I'm not crazy for thinking it but I also don't think that you know that's going to be a season long thing I think that he's going to get that corrected and and continue to, to progress and have a great season so everyone needs to relax a, a little bit about that yeah I think everyone just loves to give you a hard time, Nate. But I mean, you know, to your point, you know, we talked all offseason. We've given Travis J a lot of love. I think all of us think he has a chance to be a potential star on this Florida State defense at some point in his career. But I mean, the fact of the matter is in this game, like you said, he just he didn't have a good performance. He gave up a touchdown <clears throat> that should have been an interception. He gave up another one where he just didn't get his head around. And, you know, those were a couple crucial plays for that Florida State defense. And we talked about the amount of big plays they gave up through the air. It's just something that's going to be need to be fixed moving forward. Yeah, and, and they were great throws by Jack Cohn. I think the second one was a better throw. I think the first one, like you said, should have been intercepted. I think he timed his jump a little bit too early. Um, you know, 50-50 ball, you got to win those. Um, the second one, I think, was a little bit more egregious. But, again, I'm, I'm not necessarily really worried about Travis J. You know, I'm much more worried about the center snapping the ball uh, successfully than I am Travis J. Um, yeah, that's something that's got to be fixed. Yeah, you know, that's got to be fixed. And going um, into the game, Reese Smith rapidly. wasn't fully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he Reece. wasn't. But but his snaps were yeah, awful. Wasn't pretty awful. It, it was it was awful. Um, and it seems. And yeah. go ahead. I was going to mention too. While we're on the offensive line, there was a question earlier in the stream asking about Dylan Gibbons, as we know that he had to be helped out the field. Seems like that's 
he'll be fine there. He'll be playing uh, this upcoming weekend. So that's great news because running out the middle with him and the interior, it was, it was working well, really not well. It was working really good. I mean, Notre Dame was having yeah, a yeah, time and, and, and I don't know if we talked about him enough uh, on the instant reaction podcast, but you no know, shout out to Darius Washington for his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, highly rated on, on, on PFF. And, and I thought he played probably his best game as a Seminole, um, you know, shows that he's a more natural or more natural right tackle. And, you know, Especially in the run game, he was he was super aggressive. And I think that's the best way to put it. And 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 I, I don't really recall him giving up you know too too many pressures. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, great effort by him, which helped shore up uh, I, I think a position that we all questioned and maybe were a little concerned about coming in. You know, how was he going to perform um, based off the past few years? So that was great to see his his growth and just a, a much better performance by him. Yeah. And going to, you know, not even a starter, but Dante Lucas, whenever he got in and him playing, I thought he played well. There was you know, no penalties. That's good for number 55, but also there was one play where he pancaked the incoming linebacker and played really well and aggressive. And uh, it was nice to see Dante Lucas come in there and, and, and something whenever he had to come in, he played well. So I think, you know, there was a lot of worry at the start of the game with the offensive line and maybe the pass protection. But I think overall this team, there's a lot of new parts kind of getting in here and, you know, it's all about building that chemistry. I think by week three, uh, which is a good, good timing when you're going on the road again to face wake forest, it's good timing for that chemistry to kind of finally set in. Austin, were you going to say something? I don't know if you're coming. I, I was just going to mention Darius Washington's PFF grade of, what was it, 85.7? 85.4. It was seventh among power five tackles. That's When was the last time we even graded positively as an offensive lineman, much less yeah. one of the best of the weekend? Yep. Uh, it just shows. Yeah. Coach Atkins putting in that yeah. work. If I'm not mistaken, he was in the 50s, wasn't he? Last season? Uh, you know, I don't know what his historical PFF grade, but I believe he was as low as like 58. Let me see if I can find it real quick. One of the worst grades in the entire country. Yeah, I think the whole offensive line was between like the 40s and the 60s basically mm-hmm. last year. Who do you think is running back one, two, and three? In my opinion, Corbin won. Um, I've got... Yeah, no, I've got Shoshana Ward number two, and then Toa Philly three. We going, we haven't, we didn't get to see DJ DJ Williams mm-hmm. uh, last game, but I think that's one, two, and three. Does anybody agree on that? Uh, I think okay. we saw that in the game. Yeah, practically. Yeah, I uh, love the. I love, we Trishon talked Ward, about Shoshana Ward was in in the game late, so that tells you the coaches trust him. You know, it, you know, on, on those pivotal drives, it was Shoshana Ward, not Shoshana Corbin, which I think was. You know, surprising to see, and it tells you that this coaching staff has a lot of faith in in, in Ward and what he can do with the ball. Yeah, and they're protecting the ball really nicely too. You know, that's something we sometimes forget to think about, but they protected the ball very nicely, um, and it's good to see. You know, good ball protection. So I think that's practically last little thoughts there. We can kind of transition into some recruiting since we didn't get to talk about that. During our instant reaction, you know, the NB Tide brings it up here and we can kind of answer this a little bit too. But, you know, what have you guys heard, Nate and D. Lou, on the recruiting front of things? You know, you got to talk to a few guys after the game. What were they feeling like? Because when I was in the stands, looking at that recruiting section was, was absolutely wild. I mean, that was huge right next to the Marching Chiefs. I mean, they matched about the amount of people that are in the Chiefs. 
I mean, it was huge. And in the fourth quarter, I was actually looking over there and you got to see that entire section standing up, you know, all engaged. You got the recruits standing up, the family members engaging. You don't usually see that. And if you, you know, looking at college football games, you don't usually see the recruiting section all engaged like that. But then when it was fourth quarter, overtime, they were all standing up. But what do you all hear about that? And, you know, what kind of momentum that brings to the recruiting for Norvell? Yeah, it seems like, you know, even though Florida State lost this game to Notre Dame, it, it came away as, as a positive impact um, for recruiting moving forward just because, you know, the atmosphere was absolutely insane. The team itself showed a lot of improvements on the field. And, you know, a lot of people didn't even expect this Florida State team to be able to compete with Notre Dame. And like I said earlier, for them to go down and then fight back like that, I think it showed a lot to the recruits as far as this team's ability to overcome adversity as well, which is something that they haven't had lately. And it shows, you know, the coaching staff's message is really starting to settle in. And, you know, that's that's been kind of what's been echoed to me from recruits. They were all really impressed, especially by the atmosphere. They said fans were coming up and recognize them in person. We're getting pictures with them. They thought that was pretty cool. And just Florida State itself, they were impressed by the players, the coaches, So this is going to be huge for FSU moving forward. They didn't get a commitment this weekend, but I think eventually the momentum that started building here, it's going to pay off down the line, especially, you know, in my opinion, 2023 five-star wide receiver Jalen Brown. I think he's really starting to trend towards FSU. I got a chance to speak to Georgia Tech commit Jaron Willis, who is obviously a guy that the Seminoles have still continued to pursue despite his uh, commitment to Georgia Tech. And he, he told me tonight you know, this he grew up a Florida State fan. This was his first chance to walk into Doe Campbell Stadium and watch a game in person. And man, he was just blown away and said he's definitely going to be back at FSU again at some point this season. So, you know, it's going to be big moving forward for both the 2022 class and the 2023 class. I think we're going to see some guys um, become Knowles down the line. Uh, I, I think that. Coming out of the weekend, you know, they they invested a lot of time into making this weekend what it was, you know, kicking off the season, um, national television, first game back, full crowd. Um, typically, you'd wait for a Miami, but they really wanted to make this the, the big recruiting event of the, of the season. And, and, you know, despite the loss, and, you know, we got to remember recruits don't necessarily – look at it like a win-loss thing. Um, they look at it at different, very, different, different reasons, whether it's, you know, a can I go there and, and play early? Can I go there and develop? How's the atmosphere? You know, different things that these recruits look for. And like Logan said, I would say 98% of that recruit, you know, section was up and cheering, which is typically not what you see. You may see you know, a handful, 20, 25% up, up and participating, the whole section was. So they were dialed into the game, and, and that has a lasting impact. Um, I, 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 I have heard that there's a couple guys who may have, you know, let the coaches know, you know, some good news. But, you know, that's not for, you know, me to, to put out there on, on what it is. Maybe we can do that in the back cave at some point. But, you know, kind of – to piggyback what Dustin said, the, the recruits I've talked to so far, the main things that I've heard are, you know, just their sheer surprise of the atmosphere, how loud it was, how how engaged the fans were the entire time. Um, and, and, you know, the fact that, 
you know, the fans didn't give up and, and you know, a lot of them were like emphasizing the word loud and how they were, would be excited to play in an environment like that. Uh, heard a lot of good things about the coaches, uh, you know, pushing that family vibe and, you know, them making time for everyone there, having 100 plus recruits and still making time to talk to, to all of them in some form or fashion. And, and you know, just uh, the direction of the program, you know, it's, I think it showed, you know, us as fans. And also, I think it showed the recruits that, you know, what this coaching staff has preached is, is coming to fruition in terms of the, the way the, the program is moving forward and what they're expecting as a program. And you can see it um, on the field on, on Monday. And, you know, a culture change, an offense that puts up points, an aggressive defense. Yeah, they gave up 41 points, but 21 points on, on turnovers. You know, you, you got to fix that, and you got to realize that, you know, th that was, like Austin said, what changed the game. But um, I would definitely call it a grand slam for, for Florida State in terms of how the recruiting weekend went. Um, I don't necessarily think it, it, it was a zero commitment weekend. I, you know, I think that it was a lot of goodwill, and I think a lot of guys are – going to be back very soon. Yeah, and you said it, but this coaching staff, you know, they put basically all the chips in on this weekend to be the weekend for Florida State's recruiting efforts um, this fall. You know, all the big guys coming into town from a multitude of classes. And I, I think we can safely say, you know, the gamble definitely ended up paying off for Mike Norvell and his staff, and, and they're set up in a good position right now moving forward. Mm. They just got to keep this consistency. Yep. Yeah. You know, they can't, they can't lay an egg this week and, you know, win 24 to 17 and then go to Wake Forest and, and, and lose. They got, they got to, they, they got to keep that, that same energy week over week. And like I've been preaching for months, they got to make a bowl game. So if FSU can play that way the whole season, they're going to make a bowl game and, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun ride. They're going to end up beating a team that they, that they shouldn't beat. Not only was on the product, like the product on the field fun and the close game there with, uh, you know, a talented Notre Dame team, but the environment, I mean, the crowd, I mean, the student section, I mean, that just advertised itself. Doe Campbell stadium at night. There's nothing like it. I know ESPN aired a little clip there that Florida state socials have been sharing of the you know the loudness that was there i mean the whole crowd brought it you know they advertised florida state and that nighttime experience under the lights on, on bobby bowden field very well and you know players want to play in that kind of environment that's what they want to do they want to go from high school and be under that and florida state fans you know everybody in the comments that were in the game you know great job you helped out in recruiting for some of these guys and you know like you like nate and Dust nate and dustin said there's gonna be some guys that i think it's not going to take much longer for them to say seal the deal and see more, mm -hmm. more, a little bit more improvement. Make sure they don't screw up and mess up any of it this upcoming weekend against a, a smaller opponent. And, and you know, there's going to be some guys sealing the deal headed in Florida State's direction. I, I think even outside, like the tailgating and everything outside, just seem more energized. And, and and that's probably, you know two years in the making, you know, I haven't really been able to do that since 2019. It's, that plays a, a, a part of it, but, you know, there, there was a palpable excitement just walking around 
and talking to people and hanging out outside of Doak. And that's not just people partying. You just tell the energy was high. And, and, and that carried over in, into the game. So, Yeah, no, it definitely brought that kind of environment that you love to see. And like you said, Nate, this is one, one of your favorite ones you've been to. And I think also is the factor of not having fans in the stands for a good long while. So that has to have helped uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, going back to, you know, some other crazy environments, college football week one. Now, there was some there was some crazy games. I mean, you want to start off with number one, probably your favorite game that you got to watch, Nate. That um, was in Atlanta. That was in Atlanta. That was in um, Atlanta, baby. My my favorite game was Alabama versus Miami. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alabama versus Miami was my favorite game. Um, just because <laughs> it, it gave Miami fans a reality check of where they're at as a program. Um, you know, just the irresponsible belief that they actually were going to go in and beat my beat Alabama. Yeah. Some of these guys, and, and I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I, I joke around and talk smack and say FSU is going to win 82, nothing, but Miami fans really believe it. They thought they were going to go in and beat Alabama by 30. And, and I just don't understand it. Um, I, I think that you saw a team that is going to struggle this year and, I'm not upset with that. That was great to see um, a, a, a Miami team get a little bit of a spoonful of humility. Um, and a close second was a Dabo, you know, looking looking um, inept offensively. Um, yeah, yeah, they played a great Georgia defense. Um, you know, kudos to that. But for 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 me. Anytime Dabo Sweeney loses, it is um, it warms my heart. It makes me feel very happy. You had a really good weekend with all the your favorite coaches. Losing I had a, I had a great weekend. Um, the only thing that I was upset about is that I did not get a chance to yell at Brian Kelly in the walk-in, um, <laughs> but I got a chance to yell at Kyron Williams and tell me he wasn't going to do squat, and his mom turned around and gave me a you know an <laughs> eat shit and die look. <laughs> um, and, and I was able to make a few Notre Dame players laugh by saying, uh, you know, w- you know, which one of y'all is going to ride the pine tonight. So you know, that was fun. I wanted to get, I wanted to catch the FSU one, but I missed it. But, um, you know, I, I missed a couple other things by just 30 seconds, but you know, you, uh, made that right Austin. We, we, <laughs> not even, I mean, we wonder where he was. He was supposed to hang out. We were supposed to all take a picture together and everything. And meanwhile, mom of the players or something. I don't know what's yeah, going no, on. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, honestly, one of the reasons why I went in there, uh, to sit down, I was gassed, man. You know, I'm still getting yeah. back to, to from COVID and I had been there for about two and a half, three hours. And I, I needed, I needed to sit down for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I, I was, I was, it was hot and I was, I was gassed, man, you know? Um, but you know, it, it was great to see, you know, Miami get a spoonful of humility and for Dabo to lose. But, um, and one more thing, then I'll let y'all go really interesting to see the progress UCLA has made. Um, you know, Chip Kelly's finally maybe got that program turned around, you know, you know, he's a great college coach. Say what you want about him and the pros, but you know, I think that's going to be an interesting team out West. If they can keep that going, that's going to be a sleeper in the in the Pac-12. Yeah, back-to-back weeks that UCLA has 
made me some money. Predicted UCLA to win that game. But man, that Miami game, I mean, that that was just disgusting. I mean, that it game was, was over. It was lovely. It was over whenever, you know, they started stretching. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. over before kickoff, bro. They quit by the end of the first quarter. I loved it whenever they took the turnover chain out and then they had to put it back oh, in the box. Great. That, Why are you going to pull the turnover chain out the when, best you're down, part. when you're down 27 to 7? Yeah, I, you're down I, four I, scores. As a player, I think I throat punch a coach, but come on, don't do that. We're getting our tails kicked. Yeah, he could be worse that they were hyped to wear it. Oh, yeah. he got up on this uh, on the <laughs> on the bleacher seats right there, yeah. and was pointing up at the crowd, and they're down. And then he had to hand it back. Two touchdowns, oh, three touchdowns. Yeah. Favorite moment of the day by far. That killed. Oh, me. that had to have been one of the best parts of the weekend. But overall. Alabama minus twenty and a half, easy money. Took that easy all, cover. All day. E- easy cover with the spread. Oklahoma got a little little. Uh, so there's a, there's tricky a lot. There. There's a lot of games that were a lot yeah. closer than they should have been. That yeah. one, yeah. Iowa State, Northern Iowa was 16 yeah. to 10. USC, that game was close for a while until they pulled away at the end. It was 13 to 7 at the end of the third quarter before they put up 17 in the fourth. There was a lot. And then you had Montana beating Washington. Yeah. There, there's just a lot of games that should have been way closer than they should have been. Well, I don't even know this Oregon game because I don't give yeah, a flying F about what's going on in the West Coast. Fresno, Fresno should have won. Look at this. I mean, well, now, well, if you well, think about this upcoming weekend, they're going to face it, Ohio State. And it's going to be interesting because Keelan Thibodeau's out. Yeah. Oh, so wow. so what are they going to do defensively? You know, he's far and away their best player, and I think that they're I think they're a little disappointed what they saw offensively from the quarterback. So, you know, I, I think Oregon's right to, to take a step back this season. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a very interesting week. A lot of ranked teams lost. And uh, I, we saw the return of defense in, in some of these games. I think that COVID really made it hard for 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 defenses uh, last year. You know, with with the limited meetings and practices and preseason installs and all that stuff. So I think we saw a lot better defensive play uh, in a lot of games. Um, you know, Michigan State looked really good. Um, you know, that's going to be an interesting game with Miami uh, next week. Um, it, it just, uh, it's going to be an interesting season. You know, you have your dominant teams. Uh, Oklahoma, defensively, they look a me- like they're a mess. Um, you know, offensively, they, they look fine as ever. Ohio State, you know, they came together in the second half. You know, it looks like now it's Alabama, Georgia, and everyone else. And I, I wouldn't put Clemson in that category. Of, of everyone else right now because of the way the offense looked. Um, yeah, cl- clearly, yeah, I, I know it's been discussed ad nauseum, but you know, DJ Ukulele, um, how do we say his name, um, is not a runner in, you know, Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson, even Kelly Bryant and, and Trevor Lawrence, they, they, would, they could run the ball effectively, which helped that offense tremendously. And, 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 Travis Etienne's a huge loss. Um, so I'm very interested to see how that offense develops this season because, you know, DJ's a, he's a great thrower. You know, he's got a, a f- phenomenal arm, um, but he doesn't really have the timing routes down yet, and they don't have a running game. How, how's that going to unfold for the rest of the year? So I, I hope nothing but the worst for Clemson. The, the ACC as a whole was 
terrible this weekend. It was awful. Made, yeah, it was made, awful. Outside of Clemson, your second, your supposedly second best team, North Carolina, puts up a dud at Virginia Tech. Duke loses against Charlotte despite 255 yards from the running back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another Georgia one. Tech Georgia Boston, Tech losing at, at home. And, and at really, home. that. And then you go to Monday night. Louisville just got smacked nah. by Ole Miss. I know the final score to be 43-24. It was never that close. It, it felt like they never had a shot the entire game. Yeah. It's a, it's no. a horrible weekend from the ACC. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to feel better about those games. Louisville, North Carolina, even Miami, you know, getting beat down by Alabama like that. A lot of those games now for Florida State, I, I think they look, you know, more winnable than maybe they did, you know, a week, 10 days yeah, ago or so before we actually had to watch these teams debut. Especially the Louisville game. If you make that quarterback throw, he just – he, he's not a good thrower. Hey, he's Carol, throwing guys by ten by, by, by ten feet. Carol, I made a comment about um, Brad Kelly's comment on the on the post game uh, podcast that we did here. Um, you know that guy is just. You know he said that that he's repeating a quote from John McKay from the Buccaneers, but you know he's just an idiot, man. Like like, how are you gonna go on national TV and say my players didn't execute, so I guess I have to execute them. That's just a bad look. Here we go. Let's take a look at it. And I believe yep. y'all be able to hear the audio this time. Uh, I've had people comment on Facebook and send Quiet emails doesn't. to me. Uh, hold up, hold up. To think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. I mean, team's <laughs> ability to withstand. Dude, and. And what a pompous jerk for implying that Florida State played the way they did because they simply just didn't execute. Come on, dude. You know, in all actuality, you you had a very good chance of losing that game, and you maybe should have lost that game. Um, I, I just can't stand him, man. Red-faced, short, Napoleon complex, twat waffle. <laughs> And I mean, joke or not, you know, we just watched yeah. a, a great football game, and that's the first yep. thing you say to the media, you know, after your team just won in overtime on the road. Yeah, that's and, the first words out of your mouth. It's a little insensitive for a guy that had a videographer die under his watch. Mm. So yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it he 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 just c- continues to. Uh, Cement himself on the on the on the, on the Nate Greer top five list of most hated coaches. I think that might be my next article. There you go. We got some Notre Dame fans in the chat here telling us that it was just a joke, a friendly joke. Oh yeah, yeah. We're that's why they had a press this. release immediately. Yeah, like yeah, the PR yeah, said, uh, let's go ahead and fix that immediately. Yeah, that's why it was addressed by the Notre Dame media right away. <laughs> yeah, but but, but we're morons. Yeah, yeah or the idiots here. Oh, Kick Lordy. Rocks. Oh, goodness. Kick hey, that's. <laughs> Let's move on to some NFL Knowles here. Uh, you know, Ian Book's going to be four string just to put that out there. Jameis Winston will be starting. Mm-hmm. And they'll never start a game uh, for the Ever. Saints. Just to put that out there, just real quick while we have the Notre Dame fans in attendance for the stream. But, anyways, let's jump into week one of NFL Knowles. As you noted, uh, Nate, you can bring it up right now with Asante Samuel Jr. being named cornerback. Starter. Yeah. DBU, man. DBU. Yep. You know, good for him, man. You know, 
you know, he really had a, a an opportunity to slide into that first round. Uh, so people thought he was going to make it. Um, you know, went went in the second and had a great camp and, and a great preseason. And and you know, really happy to see him have have, have success because. He was one of the few players over the last few years that really, you know, put forth a lot of effort and wanted to be a winner when, when a lot of his teammates were, were not on that same page. So good to see him go to the NFL and earn a starting role as a rookie on a team that maybe, you know, some think are going to contend for the playoffs. And, and speaking of rookie starters, I saw Nazarene is likely going to be a starter for the Jets at outside linebacker. That's what a fifth round pick, sixth round pick. That's good. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't shock me. I thought always nope. he was a second round latest kind of talent. He's just gonna get everywhere. He's gonna play. Yeah, really well. he's gonna he's got a long career. If he can stay healthy, yep. that's he's special talent. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, a steal it, steal for them. It, it, if he turns into this, great. But he's kind of like a Thomas Davis, you know, a bigger safety in college. He's gonna slide down and be an athletic outside linebacker that can also, you know, cover and maybe play you know, strong safety in, in, in different packages. But, um, you know, the only, only reason why he was a, a late pick is because of the knee injury and playing minimal, minimal games last year. You know, if he, if he would have not gotten injured against Florida, he would have left that year and would have been a high draft pick. So, uh, you know, that's a good one too, Austin. You know, congratulations to, to, to Nas. And, and, you know, I, I think he's going to be a really good pro. Hey, man, can you believe the Jets made a good decision? How about that? The, wow, the, that uh, is shocking. It looks like they made a couple of good decisions in that draft. You know, Zach Wilson looks a little bit better than people think. The comments tonight are amazing. I'm so glad football back, football is back. This is what we need. This is what we want. We've got the Notre Dame fans still throwing <laughs> it in here, saying that uh, Notre Dame was up 18 points and that they should have kept their foot on the pedal, Nate. Uh, Can we move on for the, for the Notre yeah, Dame yeah, fans? Yeah. Should have, should have, could have, would have, you know? You know, <laughs> if – if the refs would have called the the two uh, roughing the passer calls, you know, Florida State would have went for a touchdown, not a field goal, and, and would have been up on Notre Dame and not have to tie the game. And there was the offensive pass interference too yeah, in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, and they would have had to with fifty four seconds would have had to drive down the field to get a touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas. Um, you know, hindsight's wonderful. It's a great game. Um, you know, you know, maybe you should be more upset with your coaching staff and their decision to try to run it continually when they were having zero success. So instead of deciding to throw the ball, they thought they could change the entire direction of the game when they were getting shut down in the run game. And, and that just is another example of Brian Kelly's um, absurd level of jerkiness. So. Yeah, I would like to share a few more comments here, but it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be good for the sponsors. No, but there's sh- some funny one. There's some funny one. No, there's some funny sure. ones in here. I didn't know. The, I know the chat gets to see them. Just there's keep one it moving. Yeah, we got to keep, keep it moving from on here. But let's yeah. go back more and more. I'll be actually in attendance, so I kept my word on Twitter. I'll be in attendance this weekend for Jameis's start against uh, the good old Aaron Rodgers, baby, the Green Bay Packers. That's going to be a four twenty five kickoff. And Duval, they're chain, they had to switch over the game location from New Orleans. Obviously, the past hurricane mm-hmm. coming through. I'm excited for that, guys. I can't lie. Well, um, I love going to Duval. The media, what's the media going to do when Jameis goes 17 and 0 in the regular regular season? <laughs> what's going to happen? What happens when what? 
when Jameis goes seventeen and zero um, and, and has the number one seed going into the playoffs? Jacksonville? No. Who? Steelers. <laughs> No, the Steelers. Oh, I thought you were saying the Steelers. No, no. The Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, God. Please stop it. Please stop it. Uh, no, but when Jameis does, yeah, when we when, when the Steelers face Jameis in the Super Bowl, it's going to be incredible. That's why I'm already saving up my money, Nate. I've already got, like, everything. I'm mm-hmm. saving everything. $100 a month. It's going to be a I great might. game. You know, J- J- Jameis takes out the guy that some people thought, you know, was going to be, you know, Big Ben's replacement when he became a free agent. Yeah. Uh, well, I would have never said that, right? That, that, that would be that. like 75 nothing. I think Jameis <laughs> would just dominate the Steeler defense. Okay. Now you're being just silly and stupid. Now. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian Kelly. But uh, going on to the rest of these, I mean, all right, obviously, Gene Williams. I, I think it'll be a good game. Who wins the game, Saints or Green Bay? This is in a neutral site location. What do we got? Does Jameis light it up? Hopefully, but sadly, Green Bay is going to win. Give me the Saints in an upset. Maybe that's just because I'm a Saints fan. But, um, you know, this is this is the year that, you know, I think Jameis finally starts to change that narrative. I think the year last year, getting to sit and learn from Drew Brees and Sean Payton, that's really just only going to benefit him throughout the rest of his time in the NFL. And I think it starts now. I think he's going to make better decisions, turn the ball over less, and – you know, he's got a long way to go. Obviously, Jameis is, is a big meme for whatever reason, just because, you know, maybe he's kind of a little bit of an awkward guy. But regardless, he, he's put in the work, and, and he's ready for this opportunity. Uh, I think he plays well. Um, I, I, I just think that right now Green Bay is a better a better team, you know. You know, there's question marks at wide receiver for for Notre, for Notre Dame, <laughs> for uh, for New Orleans. Um <laughs> You know, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to be a beast. So if you have him in fantasy, you know, congratulations. He's going to get a ton of touches. Um, I, I, I just think that, you know, I'm interested to see Aaron Rodgers and, and how he plays. You know, he was MVP last year. and I don't expect him to really drop off. You know, it, it, it's a tough, it, it's a tough opening game for, for the Saints to, to play. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers in, 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 a, in a really good, Green Bay offense, um, defense is, is susceptible. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm not so sure about – still not sold fully on the Packers' defense, but I mm-hmm. think this is the premier game of – no, it's not. I mean, Steelers-Bills, obviously. But then number two, it's Saints and the beautiful Green Bay Packers going out of Aaron Rodgers versus Jameis. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I do think neutral side location. We'll see. We'll see if the Jameis crowd it, 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 it's State be fans like will a, be in attendance. It'll it's going to be, be like a 35-28 type game. No, I, I, I think it's going to be high scoring because Green Bay's defense is a little questionable in there. Um, isn't, isn't Green Bay's left tackle out? You know, I would not be able yeah, to talk about that. He's out for six weeks. Yeah, you know, he's, so that's going to be something to watch. You know, because uh, Tim Jordan could have a field day. I mean, they're, they're not great um, across the offensive line with him out. You know, they're not. Uh, they still got talent. They still got Elton Jenkins. Yeah. They still got um, 
Oh, what's the other dude's name? They got another good guard. I forget his name, though. They've got a solid offensive line. It's not terrible. They did lose Corey Lindsley to the Chargers, though. Yeah, that's what, yeah that, was, that was surprising. They didn't push harder for him. This is a good note here. Real quick to finish off the NFL Knowles segment here, but Derwin James makes his comeback, too. It's going to be fun watching him on Nate. I know you love some mm -hmm. Derwin James, uh, but it's yeah. going to feel good having him back. I, I, I'm going to not hype him up because I want him to stay healthy. Uh, you know, it, it, if he stays healthy, he's going to have an all-pro year. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really want him to stay healthy because um, there's not many people that deserve it. You know, he's a, a great guy off the field, great person, um, and, and, you know, just is a phenomenal football player, and it sucks to see nagging injuries and things happen that get in the way of, of, of having a great career. Guys like, you know, Grant Hill, you look at NBA and Penny Hardaway, you just hate seeing things like that where an injury derails a guy's career. And you know, hopefully he can be healthy and ha have a great season. Absolutely. Uh, before we uh, move on, what do you got to say? I was going to say, Doran James is, is a GOAT. There you go. I like that. Uh, to move on here, before we get into uh, Florida State versus Jacksonville State and a little preview there in score predictions, I want to give some love to our sponsor on the show, Proud 90. You can find them at proud90.com. Phenomenal polos, golf polos. You can wear them. They're thin. They feel really good. Definitely if you're out there in the heat, the Florida heat, man, they would have felt really good uh, you know, at the game this past weekend. But they're nice. They feel nice. They're easy to wash. They don't shrink on you. Uh, and also, you can help support some former Knowles that are helping run that that company there. It's Proud90.com. And also, if you want to use code NGD20, you also get 20% off. So a crazy good deal that they're offering right now to all of our listeners on here for limited time only. NGD20 for 20% off. Proud90.com. Those guys are awesome. We definitely appreciate them sponsoring the show. And the polos look awesome. I've never gotten so many compliments on a polo, and I'm not even lying about it. I went to work. I've been out grocery shopping. And everybody's asking where we got it. So, uh, Proud90.com, best golf polos, and any kind of fun polos you want to wear around uh, in the game right now. So definitely go check them out. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if they had an FSU polo, I would have totally Oh, easy it. money. I would have totally, totally worn it. Easy money. I was going to say, make sure to check those out, and you could be wearing the same shirt that Mackenzie Milton is wearing on Saturday. That's right. Mackenzie Milton is also partnered with Proud92, so in the family with us. Over there, and like you said, it's I wear a Columbia, Columbia one every time I go to the games, and if I were to have a Proud 91 FSU one, ooh, it'd be better. The quality is just better, so shout out to them. Uh, before we move on, any kind of last thoughts before we get into Jacksonville State versus Florida State, gentlemen? Are we ready to kind of run through this? Nothing going to be too extensive, nothing too crazy. I think we can go and jump right into it. So Florida State's going to be facing Jacksonville State on the ACC Network this upcoming weekend on Saturday at 8 p.m. we got a late kickoff again. This one's even a little bit later, but we will be there. I know I'll be in attendance. Dustin will be in coverage. The rest of the guys will be doing their thing. But, you know, right now it seems like Florida State, you know, we'll see how the mental state is. But I think a lot of Florida State fans are happy and really excited to get back inside Doe Campbell Stadium and watch this team play again after Sunday night's performance. And they, and they get a tune-up game, which I, th I think they kind of need. Go against a team that's pretty bad. I don't think we need to beat around the bush here. It's a pretty bad team. You know, they, they get to put some younger guys in there, see what they got depth-wise, experiment with some plays, experiment with some formations. Hopefully, hopefully a lot of these guys are uh, out of the game by the end of the second quarter. And uh, we win 16 to nothing or something like that. But it's a good tune-up game. It, it 
should be at least hopefully be fun to watch. Yeah, and you know FSU, they've got to come in here and take care of business because you know over the last couple of years we've seen it. Following an emotional loss, this team kind of has a letdown game. You know, you think last year you get blown out against Miami, you come home, next thing you know, you're down 21-7 to the same Jacksonville State team in 2020 or in 2019. It was UL Monroe almost taking FSU to overtime. In 2018, it was Samford. So, I mean, time and time again, FSU has played to the level of its competition. And, you know, they can't do that on Saturday. Like Austin said, they've got to come out, take care of business, get your starters out by, you know, hopefully halftime at the latest and get a look at some younger guys because you're going to need to keep establishing depth uh, moving forward throughout the season. Uh, I disagree um, that FSU has played to the level of their opponent because that means they'd be competitive in games like Miami, <laughs> Clemson, Florida. No, I'm being serious. Like, you know, 52-10 last year on Miami. Um, you know, they get blown out by Florida the year before. They haven't been competitive against Clemson. And, they got they have, competition. Let's put it like yeah, that. Yeah, but then they go, like, so, yeah, so that that's just a, that's just indicative of a team that's not a good team. Um, I think that this year, like we were talking about before we came, came on, different mentality this year. I think it's a different team. Um, you know, this team just seems like they're in a, they're in a better mindset mentally. Um, you know, there's a lot of positivity in the way that they're moving forward. There's a, a lot more uh, cohesiveness on the team piece. Um, I think there's a lot of individuality on this team before. Um, so I, I, I think this is a game that they come in and, and they take care of business. I don't think that you're going to see uh, an uh, FSU team come in and struggle to put up points and have to hang on to a missed extra point to not go to overtime. I think that this is going to be a, a, a game where they come out and you know, maybe they have a sluggish start the first half of the first, first quarter, but I, I think that they, you know, they put it together and, and you know, it, it, it's a, it's a game that they you know, dominate throughout, you know, by the end of the, by the time the game's over. So, and, and you guys were talking about the stats before. This is a, a really bad team. It's also important to note that last year when we played them, Tate Rodemaker started the game, and now he's fourth on the depth chart. So hopefully mm. we don't get out to as slow of a start. I think we'll see a little bit of Milton and Travis to start, and then hopefully it's Purdy the whole second half, get it, get him a little bit of action. Um, but yeah, just to mention the stats that we were talking about before the podcast, last game against UAB, 17 completions on 34 attempts for 88 yards passing-wise. Good 2.6-yard average. Not bad. Uh, rushing, <laughs> total of 66 yards. Solid. <sighs> and then they gave up 150 yards on the ground and 300, 371 yards in the air to UAB. It's not like they were playing a Clemson or an Alabama. They played UAB. Who's, did you mention they got shut out yet? I did not mention. They did get shut out. 31 nothing at UAB. It's not, it's not a good team. Anything less than a blowout is is a letdown for this team. And like Nate said, hopefully this mentality keeps up. Or the Florida State just wants to come out and dog everybody. They, they want to yeah, be physical. Uh, yeah. They want to be in your face. I hope that keeps up. I, I hope it's not like UNC last year where they have one good game and, mm. and come out and lay a dog. This team needs to stay hungry. Yeah, I, I do think that, um, you know, I, I, I do think that Milton – 
I think he's going to be a starter. I think that he probably needs to play as much as possible while keeping him safe and healthy. Um, just for, you know, develop development of the offense. Um, but I, I would like to see Chubba Purdy as early as possible. And, and say, say Milton's a starter um, and, and you have packages for Travis, you know, you got you to get them out as soon as possible. So if that's, you know, 12 minutes left in, in the third quarter, great. If that's starting in the fourth quarter because they want to see more on, on, on offense and, and they want to keep them, you know, just getting a rhythm going offensively, um, so be it. But, you know, this is a game where, where Chuba can, can come in and play a lot of minutes. Yeah, agreed. Who's, uh, you know, what do y'all want to see heading into this game? Though I know you kind of brushed around it a little bit, but what do y'all want to see after y'all saw the last uh, Sunday night's game? Improvements anywhere? Who do you want to see more of, et cetera, et cetera? What is those picks there for you guys? I want to see more from the receivers, you know, especially Malik McClain and Andrew Parchment. Um, Parchment got open a lot. He just didn't get thrown the ball. He did get that one touchdown, but he's, he's got to get more targets. And then McClain's just so dynamic in so many ways, not just as a pass catcher, but he's great run blocking. I think I would, I would start him over Wilson at this point just because of what he brings on, in both facets of the offense. I, I, I think he's phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, I really want to see those receivers step up and actually get targets. I know part of that's quarterback play, but you, you got to trust your receivers at some point. I agree yeah. with you on the on the uh, McLean. I, I want to see McLean. I thought you know, first game as a true freshman, he is fast. He's not only has size, but he is fast and he's shifting. He's agile. He's got to play more. I w- I think for with him being on the field, it opens up your offense even more and as a threat. So you got Parchment on one side and McLean. I want to see more of number eleven on offense. I I, I think the way he blocked is going to earn him more playing time this week. He had, um, he had like a run blocking grade of like 79. Yeah. Um, As a receiver, that's incredible. You know, I don't necessarily yeah. want to see a player here or there step up. I just kind of what we've been talking about. I just want to see him come out and do what they're supposed to do. I don't want to see what we've seen in the last five years uh, 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 of an inferior opponent, a team that should get blown up by FSU. And FSU comes out and just plays poorly. They look disorganized, you know, turnovers, penalties. You know, just looking like they're disinterested. I want to see a team that wants to come out, you know, play as complete game as possible and put away an inferior opponent as quickly as possible. That's what I want to see. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I want to see some guys like Jordan Burrell. I'd like to see him get involved in, in the offense. I would like to see, you know, the, uh, some improved linebacker play, you know, just getting better. I thought they played really good overall, you know, just – Improvement, you know, you, you typically see week two is much better than week one. Um, I expect the defense to play better, and that's part of the opponent-wise, but I just want to see a, an FSU team come out and do what they're supposed to do against a team that they should handle. Yeah, I think it's going to be really important, you know, for the defense to show that can that they can carry over that same effort that we saw on Sunday night. You know, go out there against Jacksonville State, absolutely dominate them, you know, against the run again. And then this is also an opportunity. Austin, you mentioned um, Zarek Cooper's passing stats last week. This is an opportunity for the Florida State defensive backfield and the linebackers to really, you know, get back on track 
through the air and not allow as many big plays as they did against the Fighting Irish. I think it was it would be big confidence-wise for a lot of these guys to go out there and have some success. You know, get some pass deflections, get some interceptions, make some plays happen out there and carry that over into Wake Forest, who's going to be a tough opponent on the road. Yeah. You know, you know what I would do? Sorry, Logan. Go ahead. I would get the ball inside the red zone and I would just kick a field goal every single time and, and, until Ryan Fischero can, can can be consistently accurate in, in, in field goals. And I hate to say that, but I'm kind of being serious and kind of not. He needs some reps in game action. Yep. I mean, I, yep. I, I totally agree. This is a guy, he's only kicked, I think it's now nine total field goals. And how many has he missed? So far in his career. He's five out of nine. He was four out of seven last year, one out of two on Sunday. Yeah. That's, I thought that's a good, a good comment on here, too, from Johnny. There was a lot of questions after recapping the Notre Dame game. You know, what about the tight ends? And I'd like to see some Jordan Wilson. I want to see some passes to him. Why not? I want to see if he really does have a little bit of speed on him. He's a big boy, and we got to see him in the run game blocking uh, packages. But I just want to see him kind of get the ball, along with Cameron McDonald, man. I, I want to see these mm -hmm. tight ends be utilized a little bit more. So maybe we'll see some youngins. Uh, Nate Jackson West, maybe a few, you know, maybe we'll see mm -hmm. a little West action too. So it should be fun yep. to watch some of these youngins because they're a lot of youngins are going to get some playing time on it, Saturday night. They should, and we should, right? Fingers crossed. One thing I forgot to talk about in the in some podcast was I really like what they did with Jordan Wilson lining up, you know, in, in stack formations as the blocker, you know, lining up a a, a Helton or McLean behind him. You know, I, I thought that was pretty cool to see. Um, just a different wrinkle, but I, I I was really surprised that Cam has zero catches, and you know I would like to see the tight end get more involved. And again, like like Austin said a few times, that's quarterback play, um, which, which we can sit here and debate for not for hours. But you know I I, I don't want to sit here and think that Cam McDonald didn't get open at all because that's not the truth. So you know you, you got to get him involved and. and you know, create some symmetry with him. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything more on my end. Of course, I want to see some Ward, but, you know, I'm down for a lot of the youngins like a Burrell and more McLean on offense. I need to see. And we'll see on defensively. I want to see some Kevin Knowles and see how that works. We've heard a lot of – and Shaheen Brown, too. Let's not forget about him and the hype that – or not really the hype, but really the product on the field he put on during the sprint or the fall camp. Well, I think we'll see some Shyam Brown. We'll see a little Kevin Knowles. Should be well, fun. Kevin Knowles played. Uh, played yeah, so he played a little bit. Yeah, I just want to see some. I want to see him play a lot more, like start in the second half kind of dealio. You know, it's possible. Uh, yeah, it is. Could be. We'll see. Uh, but let's jump into some score predictions, gentlemen. And actually, before we do that, I do need to give some love to our other sponsor on the show, and that's Manscaped. Definitely appreciate them always coming on here and supporting us. And we have a deal for you guys always. You know, we're always going to hook you guys up. Uh, you guys can use uh, NG20, another 20% off code you can use at manscaped.com. I actually, Nate, you talked about it using the razor on the face. I did it for the neck before I went out <clears throat> and played softball last night. Got the neck, nice trim. You know, it's kind of works everywhere. I mean, the focus is always down below, Nate. But it works fantastic if you're in a rush and you need something mm -hmm. in the lighting. I'm telling you, the lighting comes in clutch. And well, I haven't had one nick. I haven't had one nick. I used to have one before, and I used to it sting me every time. No like, I, like I said before, 
the way this thing powers through Dustin's back hair just shows how how <laughs> how productive and efficient this razor is. So I mean, it, it just mows right through it. <laughs> yeah, there's that uh, much of it back there, man. It's crazy. <laughs> That's like a mat. But you guys can use, actually, I said the wrong code, but it's Knowles20. You get 20% off and free shipping. Like I said, we've already had a few people inside the Discord use it. It's free to anybody watching here. And I'm telling you, the package is awesome. And 20% uh, off Knowles20. Use that code. Let us know when you use it, too, so we can give you a little shout-out here on the show. Shout-out to Manscaped.com. Gentlemen, let's get into some score predictions. This should be Florida State's first win of the season. I'll be in attendance. Dustin will be covering along with the rest of the guys here on the show. Looking forward to it. Primetime, 8 p.m., even though it's ACC Network. Come on, Comcast. How are we feeling? What do we got? What's the chat feeling like? How are we doing? I got, I got 49 to 10. Uh, I'm not too, and, I'm not too and, far and, off. And, and I don't think it's, you know, really that close. I think it's just a comfortable W. I, th I think the offense, you know, looks good. I think, you know, that the the, the, the scores are you – know, I, I can see the defense busting on a Zarek Cooper scramble. Um, you know, I can see him making a play. But I, I, I just think that this is a bad team, man. You know, this is – you know, I, I'm you know hoping on a rejuvenated Florida State team that comes out and just does what they what they're supposed to do, and I you know I just think that's going to be a comfortable thirty nine point win. Yeah, while Zarek Cooper wasn't good last week, in fact he was pretty bad. You know, a year ago against Florida State, he was twenty two of thirty for two hundred thirty yards, had 15, 15 uh, rushing yards on the ground and a touchdown. You know, he can be productive, so it's another good test for Florida State just to compare themselves to wh where they're at a year ago. I'm pretty close to 49-10. I had 48-6. to six. Um, You know, I, I'm never going to predict a shutout, even though I think it's going to happen, but I'm never going to predict it. I just think that, for once, Florida State has a massive talent advantage. Yeah, for this one, you know, I really feel like the offense is going to come out and do what they're supposed to do. I think at some point throughout the game, we'll see all four um, scholarship quarterbacks take reps against Jacksonville State. And you know, de uh, defensively, you know, there's probably still going to be a couple miscues at times. At times, like you said, Austin, I think Zarek Cooper, he's probably going to hit a pass with some kind of miscommunication in the defensive backfield or or whatnot. So I can't see Florida State shutting them out, but I do think they're going to do a, a pretty good job of limiting the Gamecocks uh, when they have to. Hopefully, force a couple turnovers as well. So for this one, I'm going to say pretty much everything goes right on Saturday. I'll take Florida State 59 to 10. Woo, 59 to 10. Put heater, some points heater. on the board. <clears throat> I like that. If the mentality stays like it was against Notre Dame, it should be a complete blowout. We should see three quarterbacks. We should see a lot of the youngins starting in the second half. That's just how it's supposed to be. That's how we're used to seeing Florida State play against these little teams. I'm going to go Florida State. I'm going Florida State 48, Jacksonville State 10. Um, I think it'll be a blown coverage. That's the only touchdown <clears throat> that Jacksonville State will get. There was a question on here that we can do before we hop off. How many turnovers does uh, Florida State have against uh, Jacksonville State, or should I say Jacksonville State's turnovers? Uh, it's hard to it's hard to really, you know, say hey they're going to have this many because there's so much luck. You know, you, you look at Notre Dame; they had two fumbles that they you know fumble luck. 
uh, and, and you know that that could have changed the, the, the tone of the game if if Florida State recovers those fumbles. You know, one of them was deep in 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 Notre Dame territory, which would have been a you know a, a chance to put up seven. So you know, it, it, if you look at last their last game against UAB, um, what was it? Austin they turned the ball over twice. Yeah, I think or Jacksonville UAB or, turned it over UAB twice. Jacksonville yeah, State actually yeah, Jacksonville didn't have any didn't turnovers. Have a turnover. You know, I, I won't be surprised if there's a couple, but you know, I don't have a particular number in mind that would say, "Hey, they're gonna have three turnovers for um, two interceptions for one for a pick six and a fumble." You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Give me a double dip. I'm taking two turnovers. Two turnovers. I I I say over under set it two, and and we'll go there. Picking a fumble. You, you, you're going to go over, under, on two. Uh, push. I was say, put, put it like yeah. one and a half. I think one and a half is more of a better over, under. Mm-hmm. One and a half, I'll take over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Should I'll take, be uh, a... I'll, I'll take the over there. I'll, I'll take the two. under. I'll take the Boo. under, say one. Okay. Boo we should have a bet. We, we need to have a betting section on here. <clears throat> Who knows? Maybe that's something we can add to our content since it will be, we'll be, we're, we're continuing to increase that as certain rhythm right now. And maybe we'll add that to a little section, maybe a little article every week. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything, gentlemen. I know there's a few questions here. As usual, we try to end off a little basketball insight, but anything really to note on Austin? Um, it's all in the Discord. We've been asked to keep a lot of it silent for now. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll just say go to the Discord and everything's there. <laughs> discord that's always patreon.com slash null game day the guys are dropping recruiting scoop like austin said he's also dropping some basketball scoop there that's only going to be private for our discord members so that's patreon.com slash null game day make sure you guys go sign up we had over like i think twenty five thousand messages sent uh, over the weekend which is absolutely insanity there's a thread for every single game so everybody's communicating having a good time and it's, it's nice to the community is getting after it uh commenting uh, with one another before we jump off of here I always want to give a shout out to our friends over there at Hobbit. they also had a really good weekend and happy for them local restaurant here in town if you want the best wings in town the best sauces you even got burgers fries they have two great Bonus. locations yeah no 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 they do have they do have chicken nuggets with sauce on them that they call boneless but the traditional wings in my opinion I actually had them this past Friday, uh, absolutely amazing wings. So if you guys want to go check them out, I highly suggest it. Support a local place here. Again, this weekend, definitely stop by there before or even after they're open after the game. So it's very few places that do that. So go check them out. Hobbit, search them on Google, get that maps going, and uh, maybe you'll see me or some of the guys there too this upcoming weekend. But I think that's practically... Uh, going to do it. If you're on YouTube right now, about to hop off, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're new, hit that bell too, so you'll be notified every time we release a new episode. And hit that like button down below. It just helps a lot, and you know it's free to do too. So you know, just something quick, and it helps us out a ton. If you're on iTunes, feel free to rate five stars if you'd like. Uh, other than that, gentlemen, we should have a pretty fun weekend ahead, and next week will be really cool. Uh, and yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. And uh, everybody, have yeah, a great I mean, weekend. There's, there's just no panic here over over here at No Game Day. No, we're rocking, no, baby. It feels no, good. And we got good. a team on the rise. Teams looks like there's some development happening. It's it's a fun time to be covering Florida State right now. It really is. But y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy NFL football this upcoming week. Enjoy week two of college football. And, uh, we'll
we will see you guys next Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Peace. Mama told me, uh, not to sell work. Mama said it to